אתם עם SBS בעברית. לעוד סיפורים מעניינים, כנסו ל-sbs.com.au. שלום אוסטרליה. Police are estimating that more than a million people will attend the funeral today of Rav Kanievsky. Thousands of police have been deployed to manage the expected crowds of mourners. The neighbourak is closed to private vehicles. Hundreds of buses have been put into service for travellers from Jerusalem. Parents have been asked to keep children away from the site for their safety from the enormous mass of people coming into a small urban area. Rabbi Chaim Kanevsky died in his home on Friday, just before Shabbat, in B'nai Barak. He was 94. Rav Kanevsky was not only the leader of the Litvak Haredim, Lithuanian ultra-Orthodox, but was also more widely respected and followed. Known as one of the greatest Talmudic scholars of his generation and one of the most revered figures in the ultra-Orthodox world, he was considered the leading authority on many fine points of halakha, Jewish law. He was respected as a gentle, compassionate man whose teachings and blessings were generously shared with all comers. He was the spiritual leader of the Degel HaTorah ultra-Orthodox political party, but tributes to him and deep mourning for his passing have been expressed from religious and political leaders of all shades. He was a figure known even in the secular world and consulted by politicians. Most recently, he demonstrated his authority by controlling COVID-19 in the ultra-Orthodox community. Two years ago, when Israel first went into lockdown, he insisted that yeshivas would remain open. At first, he appeared to deny the pandemic, but consultations with medical experts convinced him otherwise. In a widely publicized compromise with health officials and the government, he ensured that yeshiva students remained in small, isolated groups, not at risk of infecting or being infected by others. This was before he himself contracted and recovered from the virus. When vaccines became available, he consulted with leading doctors and then gave the instructions for Haredim to be vaccinated, which they did. May his memory be a blessing. Ukrainian President Zelensky will address the Knesset today by Zoom. Coalition MKs have been told they must be in attendance. Joint Arab List members have already said they will not be participating. They explain that as the only Communist Party in the Knesset, their loyalties lie with Russia. There is a question as to whether opposition leader Netanyahu will attend. He is recovering from COVID. He's made few public statements regarding Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, giving tacit approval to Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's policy of remaining neutral. Britain's Financial Times reported on Wednesday that Prime Minister Bennett has played a, ma- a central role in advancing negotiations between Ukraine and Russia, which gave the Prime Minister a boost in approval ratings. President Zelensky's speech will be screened simultaneously on a large screen at Tel Aviv's Habima Square for the public to watch. Tel Aviv Mayor Ron Huldai said he suggested the idea to the Ukrainian embassy. When Zelensky addressed Germany's parliament on Thursday, he told lawmakers that vows of never again, a reference to the Shoah, are empty in light of a failure to prevent Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Interior Minister Ayelet Shaked said on Friday that since Russia invaded Ukraine on February the 24th, over 12,600 Ukrainians have arrived in Israel. Of those, some 3,650 are eligible to under Israel's return or already have. 
On Thursday, Shaket, who has been widely criticised for her handling of the refugees, caused further consternation after saying there would be no chance Israel would pay for medical insurance for refugees who have arrived in Israel. Last night, Holocaust survivors spoke from Yad Vashem, demanding that the government take a more generous and non-discriminatory position. Sharon Bass, who grew up hearing stories about Maria Blitschik, the righteous woman who took in her grandmother, Fania Bass, 80 years ago after she escaped the Nazis. When she heard that her granddaughters were trapped and fearful in Rovno, she contacted the Israeli Interior Ministry and managed to help secure a visa for the two women who arrived in Israel last Sunday. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett and Foreign Minister Yair Lapid urged the United States not to delist Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps as a terror, terror organization in a joint statement on Friday, as Washington moves closer to reviving the nuclear agreement with Tehran. They said the Revolutionary Guards are a terrorist organization that has murdered thousands of people, including Americans. We have a hard time believing that the United States will remove it from the definition of a terrorist organization. The two ministers said the fight against terror was a global mission. We believe that the United States will not abandon its closest allies in exchange for empty promises from terrorists. Health officials said yesterday that Israel is still in the fifth wave of COVID. They are concerned that Purim festivities, which took place from Wednesday night until Friday, will lead to a rise in illness amongst the unvaccinated. Thursday saw nearly 7,000 new cases, with a transmission rate up to 0.97, although serious cases in the country are down below 300. An anonymous telegram channel released further documents that allegedly belonged to Mossad chief David Barnea, days after publishing a video with other personal information and photos. Mossad has acknowledged that an old phone belonging to Barnea's wife was hacked by the group, which has been ostensibly tied to Iran. There was no sensitive information on the phone that could potentially harm state security. Yesterday, the Open Hands Channel released Barnea's wage and tax papers from 2020, alleging that the information was new. A 35-year-old Israeli man was likely hurt when out jogging yesterday in a stabbing attack on Jerusalem's Hebron Road. The 28-year-old Palestinian assailant from the adjacent neighbourhood of Abu Tor was shot by police officers. He is in a serious condition. Four residents of East Jerusalem were indicted on Friday over alleged ties to Hamas, with police prosecutors charging some, some to have planned attacks in the coming months after conducting weapons training and meetings with terror group officials in Turkey. Three of the suspects, a family from Surba, were, were detained on their entry to Israel last month. A fourth suspect, a resident of Beit Hanina, was also arrested with 500,000 shekels in cash, vehicles and other assets seized, as well as the freezing of bank accounts belonging to a charitable organisation. Dozens of local security officers responsible for coordinating the protection of West Bank settlers with the Israeli military announced on Wednesday that they would be going on strike after the security coordinator of Chavat Gilad was arrested on suspicion of involvement in a hate crime. The incident began when several cars had their tyres slashed in the Palestinian village of Farata near the illegal Chavat Gilad outpost overnight on Monday. The security coordinator was arrested for obstruction of justice and conspiracy to commit a crime after security camera footage showed him throwing away a red backpack that had been used by Jewish extremists in the anti-Arab vandalism. 
Israeli gymnast and Olympic gold medalist Artem Dolgopiat continued his winning streak yesterday, taking home the gold in the floor routine at the Artistic Gymnastics World Cup in Cairo. And Israel has climbed three spots to ninth, its highest ever placing in the annual UN-sponsored World Happiness Index, published on Friday. It came in 12th last year, the place that Australia took this year. The list names Finland as the world's happiest country for the fifth year running, with Afghanistan against, again the unhappiest, followed closely by Lebanon. The World Happiness Report, now in its 10th year, is based on people's own assessment of their happiness, as well as economic and social data. As well as a personal sense of well-being based on Gallup polls in each country, the happiness scores takes into account GDP, social support, personal freedom and levels of corruption. And in this week of Purim, it's most appropriate to see Israel as a happy country. This is Peter Jones-Pellach reporting for SBS Radio from Jerusalem. רוצים לשמוע עוד סיפורים? האזינו דרך האפל פודקאסט, גוגל פודקאסט, ספוטיפיי או בכל מקום אחר בו ניתן להאזין לפודקאסטים.